What he didn't tell you is that he has to be here on the second service. But I think he wants to. We'll, we'll figure that out, though. Praise God. God bless you all. Happy Sunday. Come on, let, 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 let the Lord know you're glad it's Sunday. Amen. Some of y'all act like you're going to, uh, to Afghanistan or Iraq tomorrow, so don't, don't, don't worry about that. We, we've got Sunday still. Amen. Um, so glad to be here. As he said, we've been enjoying ourselves. Uh, my journey uh, coming here this time, anyway, started, you know, uh, late Tuesday night, getting back from uh, Oklahoma City, and I was like, hey, let's get this, let's get this party started, and uh, got all packed up, left early, actually, Wednesday morning, just so that we could make it here for men's group on Wednesday night. Come on, somebody. And I wasn't preaching. I, they didn't even let me read but one scripture. I felt like, you know, hey, this ain't fair. I came off, I came the farthest away, and I only get to read one scripture, but, you know, finally talked them into letting me read a couple, and I, but I appreciate this church so much, Thursday, the, the National Day of Prayer, and just being a part of that, Relay for Life, that was my first time at Relay for Life, although I've heard so many things about it, and then, of course, the, the Lord was with me yesterday, as I went out 20 plus miles into the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, but that was really uh, a miracle to get me on that boat and get me out there. So thank the Lord. Amen. Uh, y'all don't know nothing about Tyrone. Tyrone from Miami, okay? And, and though we got swampland, we don't try to go too far out into the, into the waters. Uh, uh, but anyway, I'm so glad to be here. Some of you don't know who I am. That's okay. I'm Mary Beth's husband. And it's only fair because, you know, a lot of times when we go places that, you know, she doesn't always get the opportunity to preach. She's a better preacher than me. I promise you that. Uh, and if you have never been to one of the ladies' events here at Co, I encourage you to be here next year. Uh, it is wonderful, and it's always a blessing to uh, to sit under the ministry of Mary Beth Badonsky and, and the Lord's uh, give me opportunity with my family uh, to be here, Elijah and Zoe, and we are a ministry family. So if you want to, you can grab one of our prayer cards. Mary Beth has some. I'm going to put some down here on the chair, but it's basically just a, it's just a card with a picture on it, and it has some information about our ministry on the back. All we ask you to do is either put it on your refrigerator, put it in your car, put it in your Bible, and whenever you see this card, just simply lift up a prayer. It might be a, a couple of seconds, uh, you know, touch that man, touch him real bad, Lord. He needs some help. Uh, whatever it is, amen. <laughs> Whatever it is the Lord tells you to do, just take a moment and do that and, and help us. You know, since I started distributing these uh, in the last uh, two or three years, really seen an increase in the influence of what God has been doing around the world and our ministry, because I know that prayer changes me, and I know that prayer changes things. Amen? So if you want to see me change, you don't like my preaching, pray for me, all right? Uh, Pastor Mike is not going to make that offer to you. He's just going to have to get, get over it with him. But for me, you can pray for me to change, all right? But pick up one of these cards and, and, and help yourself to that. Again, we're just doing so many great things around the world. This is actually a picture of one of our medical camps where this is a Muslim grandmother and a granddaughter who came uh, to one of our medical camps. And wonderful things are going on in India. We just started literally uh, uh, on uh, Saturday. We started our Blooms Music Academy. Now, those of you who have followed our ministry, you know about Blooms. Our Blooms uh, Tutoring Center is about 200 children. It's grown up to about 200 children now who come after school. They receive uh, what's called tiffin. It's like uh, in India, they eat really late at night, but they have this meal that happens between lunch and dinner called tiffin. And so we provide tiffin for them to come, and they study, and they 
and they grow themselves and we educate. Some of them have learned English and they get into English medium schools, which automatically elevates their family out of poverty. But how many know we don't want them just to be elevated out of poverty? We want them to be elevated out of spiritual poverty. Amen. So everything we do, we do in the name of Jesus. Everybody knows that. We don't, we don't try to pretend like we're doing something else. We are straightforward about what we do. But this music academy is starting with just a humble number of six individuals. We have children from the ages of 7 to 15 in this number of six that are coming, and they're learning music, learning, uh, having voice lessons, they're having instrument lessons, and they're learning how to worship and lead people in worship. And so you can keep that in prayer. We just sent over our first, uh, uh, you know, our first offering that way, and you guys are always a blessing to us to help the reach around the world. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit sad today because I only got uh, one opportunity to preach to you, unless you come back like Pastor Mike in the second service, all right? So um, if you'll allow me to just get to the Word, I think that'll be good for us. Amen. So if you have a Bible, you can go there to Mark chapter 16. I'm going to read this and just give us a little bit of a background. Then I want to talk for a little bit to you this morning and see where God goes. I uh, am Brother Glenn, a nobody telling everybody about somebody who can save anybody. And when I get to preaching, my alter ego, White Tyrone, does come out, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he warned you. A man speaks from experience, not a rumor. Okay. Mark 16, 9. Let me read this in the New King James. It says, now when he, how many know who he is? His name is Jesus. Say Jesus. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and she told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and they went into the country. And they went and they told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover." So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Please, Lord, don't let anybody escape this message, Lord. Let the seed of, wor of God's word go deep in their hearts, and Lord, let it manifest for your glory in the coming moments, hours, days, weeks, so long as you would tarry. Lord, we just want to do your will, and we ask you to do all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you look there, you see there's a, uh, a little bit of a, 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 a kind of like a sign. It says in verse 17, these signs will follow those that believe. There's a part in there that says, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. All right, now I'm going to just show you something deadly today. 
Don't get nervous in the service. All right, hold on. Uh, Now, this is not as deadly as you would think by itself. But if you mix this with certain things, your stomach will explode. Has anybody ever heard of Pop Rocks? Well, I want you to know, when I was a kid, I found out about Coke and Pop Rocks. It's a very dangerous combination. In fact, it was on the national news that uh, there was a boy by the name of Mikey who was known not to like anything. And uh, this boy was sitting at a breakfast table with his two brothers, and they, you know, being brothers, were, you know, having to eat what their parents bought for them, which happened to be a new cereal that had just come out by the name of Life. All right? I'm I'm, going to get to preaching in a minute. I'm just trying to share with you what happened here, okay? So Mikey, you know, he doesn't like anything, but they slide the bowl on over to Mikey, and Mikey begins to eat it, and they're so shocked that he likes this life cereal. Well, Mikey goes on to grow up and have a good life. You know, he's a teenager, and all of a sudden, one of his bad friends show up with a Coke and some Pop Rocks. And the next thing you know, Mikey is eating the Pop Rocks and drinking the Coke And it wasn't even two minutes later that he fell on the floor clutching his gut. And uh, from what I understand, what was told to me is that his stomach literally exploded from the inside. Now, that's a rumor. But but that's how how they told me. And that was how they stopped me from eating Pop Rocks, okay? (laughs) Don't act like your mama didn't try to control the foods that came in. Because when sugar sugar levels went up, you know, the walls came down. Sound like Jericho over here, right? Did you know that in 1956, a scientist who worked for General Foods by the name of William Mitchell discovered this food, this sizzling carbonated candy, and it sat on the shelf for 19 years, and then in 1975, these beautiful things called Pop Rocks began to show up in counters and in uh, convenience stores all across the nation, and they became a sensation. Kids couldn't get enough of them, and then there as many times do when things skyrocket, the haters also arise. And this rumor uh, of kids choking to death on Pop Rocks as they went down their tongues into their, their throats, that kids were literally dying. The FDA of our country had to set up a national hotline for parents to dispel the rumor that Pop Rocks were killing kids. In fact, the company was trying so hard, they took out 45 full-page ads in major uh, national uh, uh, magazines and papers and commercials trying to dispel the rumors that Pop Rocks were killing kids. Well, then it became worse. And then in 1983, they stopped doing advertising altogether, which, of course, made the rumor more successful because they say, see, if it wasn't true, they they wouldn't stop selling it like that. And then in 1985, this kid, Mikey's, uh, you know, the rumor shows up that he dies from eating Pop Rocks. His mother, by the way, his name was John Gilchrist. He started in over 200 commercials, still alive today. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, are you him? Because <laughs> if you're him, I need some money. 200 commercials is some money. Come on, somebody. No, I'm just kidding. Well, John Kil- Gil- uh, Gilchrist, his mom, gets a phone call from one of her friends crying on the phone. I'm so sorry, Miss Gilchrist. I heard about Mikey. 
What's that? What happened to him? His stomach exploded. His mom believed that, the, that something had just happened to her son because someone heard it from a friend. Who heard it from a friend who... Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> come on, somebody. I mean, mama was crying on the phone until he come around the corner and she probably slapped whatever was in his hand. Don't eat another thing, baby! You know? But what I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes things get, get to going around. The people believe things that are not true. And I want to talk to you about the anatomy of a rumor today, if I can. The anatomy of a rumor. And we look through this, you know, uh, you, you think about rumors. The thing about rumors is that people are not always checking to see if what they're spreading is true. Mm-hmm. Come on, we might preach here. Okay. The thing about rumors is that people are always looking to see if what they heard was true. Come on, somebody. Like, people spread it. They don't know if it's true or not. But they also, people heard the rumor, and they're looking at you like, mm. yeah, you better watch out for him. Right? And so all these things, you know, there's always a certain degree of assumption that begins or uh, helps to spread a rumor, right? It's because people spread rumors based on not what they know, but what they have heard. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's talking to you. Now, I know that you know, I've been caught up in rumors my whole life. You know, a lot of them, you know, my wife, you know, preaches and she tells all this stuff on me when she preaches. And uh, I don't know half the stuff. That's, uh, then I've got people coming at me and they're like, yeah, we were with Mary Beth and she told us about you. <laughs> it's all true. She said, I'm a preacher. It's all true. <laughs> But, you know, no, truthfully, there was one time, and this is, this is a true story, bro. You know what I'm saying? I had, I had a chance to cut my hair with some dog clippers. How many know that some things kids do dumb things? I did that dumb thing, okay? There were some dog clippers in the house I was staying in, and I was like, I want to give myself a haircut. You know, you just have some dumb idea that comes on you. Well, this dumb idea came on me, and I didn't have a mirror. I went outside in the backyard, plugged them in the outside because I didn't want nobody to see me, and all of a sudden I'm here cutting my hair. And it's looking good, I think, because I, well, I don't have a mirror, so it looks good to me, right? And so I'm cutting it, and all of a sudden, somebody came out the back door. It scared me when I was behind my head, and I put a patch right there. Big old patch right there. The other side, I just did it, and I nicked that side, too. And then, guess what? The people I was staying with, they were mad that I had used these dog clippers to get myself a haircut. They wouldn't even take me to the barber shop to fix it. Now, when I went to school, I put a hat on, but how many know that you can't wear a hat all day in school? You got to take it off or whatever. Well, when I'm sitting in school, people behind me are, by the time I got out of class, the news had spread that I had some patches that were coming up on my skin, and I had some kind of disease. I don't know what it was. Could have been Legionnaire. I don't know. By the way, that's not contagious, Amen. Brother, you should have shouted amen a little louder than that, amen. Convince us at least. I'm telling you what, you go sit down next to somebody coughing, they'd be like, hmm. Right? Okay, so what happened was they were going around, they literally called me the cabbage patch, all right? That was it after I had to shave it bald because they wouldn't take me to the barber shop. But that's okay, hair grows, grows back, but rumors spread too. Then I went from having some kind of disease to having cancer because I went bald. 
But all that wasn't true. And so when we look at this story, I want to talk a little bit about rumors and, and, and how it kind of spreads a little bit. Now, if we look in that story, let me set the scene for you today. This is three days after the beginning of Passover, right? This is on Resurrection Sunday, which we celebrated, right, just a week, uh, two weeks ago. And so this uh, idea of the ground shaking and the stone rolling away and these uh, Navy SEALs, these uh, uh, Praetorian guards, if you will, these are like Navy SEALs of the day for the Roman army, they are sent fleeing out of the graveyard, out of the, out of the cemetery. They're just scared by everything. All these supernatural things are going on. And then you have what, what's go, what, what actually was happening was there was a the day when Jesus died on, uh, on that time. They put over 100 pounds of aloe and spices on his body. And then there's a group of people that usually after three or four days, they come back to your body and they take off all the strips. They wash the body down again. And then they set it up for what would be the second burial, which in about a year's time, uh, or a little bit more, the Jewish families would come back to uh, their graveyard and they would take the bones and they would wash them and then they would put them in an ossuary, which is like a, it, it's where the bones are contained. You remember Joseph said, don't leave my bones back there, bring them with me, with y'all when you come out of here. So that, that kind of idea, so it's a, like a mummification first and then it becomes like, you know, the, the bones of the person. And so th- this, this idea was in the first death, there was a, there was a in, the, in the cemetery or wherever they were laid there was an area, it was, it, was a, it was an area that was set up as like rows of benches or in a circular area where people would come to mourn. And as they began to mourn, there in that what they called the mourning enclosure, they would do this for seven days. Whenever a person would feel bad, a family member or somebody, they would feel bad about missing that person. They were encouraged to go to this uh, mourning enclosure where they would sit and they would cry and they would lament, literally sing sad songs. Right? Like some of y'all do at your car, stoplight. I've seen some of y'all, okay? But they would sing them sad songs and they would go. And so here in the beginning of the week, early in the morning, Jesus raises from the dead, but the people didn't get it. The rumors started to swirl as soon as Mary Magdalene started getting up early that morning, right? It talks about her going there early in the morning. And so you understand that there's people that are coming there. They want to go there, but they're all tired. They've been doing this for days. And this Mary gets up in the middle of the night, and then all of a sudden these rumors start swirling. Did you hear about Mary? I ain't one to gossip or anything. But my man Heroditus, he said she got up in the middle of the night. And we all know what she used to do. And so these ideas of what, what, what's Mary getting up in the middle of the night start coming into the minds of people. And so there's some doubt that's going on. But Mary is going to have an encounter with Jesus. Someone say amen. And so as she's going to have an encounter with Jesus, there's an idea probably given by God and given by Jesus when he preached that, you know, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'm going to build it back up again. And something inside of her is telling her that that Jesus promised that he wasn't going to leave us forever. And though I laid the dead, cold body of Jesus in the tomb on that day, and that stone was rolled, and I've gone daily and cried on those benches all the way gone, and now I'm going there in the morning with some kind of expectation in my heart, in my spirit. And she's going maybe not on what she knows yet, but what she's heard. It's just a rumor at this point, in other words. Look at your neighbor and say, it's just a rumor. And so she's just going there on a rumor. And then we think about who she was. She was a person that was full of rumors. 
her own, her own backstory, her own life. She comes from this uh, fishing village, which was known for its industry, its gambling, and its cheating, and its cheating on folks. And so she has a rumor mill that has followed her, even though she's following Jesus. Amen, back wall. Some of y'all got a rumor mirror that still follows you for based upon what you used to do, based upon your past. Come on, somebody. How many knows that the past don't always last? Amen? Especially when you put it under the blood of Jesus. Amen? We know that she was, this is some of the things we know. She was attractive. She was, all, she was around men sometimes, right? She had some kind of big money making going on, and a lot of people didn't know what that was from. She was also reputed, uh, there was a pope by the name of Gregory, uh, and he, I don't know where he got this from because we're not talking about in the Bible, but he says that she was an, uh, a woman of ill repute. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Tracking and... Come on, on the avenue. Come on. I'm just telling you, that's what, that's what the, the rumor was. That's what, they, that's what they said about her, right? Tricking around the villages. I don't know. And then she also had another rumor that she was married to a rich man, and she was faithful to that man, but he died and left her all this money. And so she had all this money, and she was very influential. And so let me go ahead and squash some rumors that Holly don't, and Hollywood, if they knew they could, would do it, but they, they try to say that, you know, she is romantically involved with Jesus. There is no Bible evidence, and we know that Jesus ain't, he don't roll that way. Come on, somebody, amen? He, he don't roll that way, but he does roll the stone away. Come on, somebody, amen? What do we know about Mary? Well, she has a connection with Jesus, for sure. We know that she had a past, quote, unquote, right? We know that she was dealing in secret with some plenteous, scandalous activity somehow, some way. Well, what else do we know? Well, the Bible said she had demons. And I'm not talking about code word for problems. Hello? We, we, I mean, folks, we calling demons something else. I got a demon of alcohol. Well, let me tell you something. If you got a demon of alcohol, let me tell you something. You know you got a demon of alcohol because you can't stop drinking. And you can't stop thinking about drinking. Let me tell you why. Because it takes one to know one. I used to be one. Oh, well, honey, get your purse ready. I know Mike always has his, his wife get her purse ready. Just get your purse ready, baby. The door is a quick exit. I don't know. We don't got, we don't got the, the Uber on call over here, do we? Okay. But this woman, you know, she had demons. And she had not only demons, but she had to be delivered. And the Bible says she was delivered and she never forgot the forgiveness that was given to her when she was delivered. Amen. And that was what continually generated this love for Jesus and this love for God. You know, when God does something, you begin to appreciate it and it moves past rumor to revelation. Amen. And I believe that some of us live on rumor and some of us live on revelation. And I want to find out which one you're living on today. Amen. 
And so this Mary, she keeps going through the story, and you see that, that she starts telling folks about this Jesus. She's, 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 she's gone through all this in her life, and she's just surviving till she meets Jesus. Then Jesus cleans up her life, and then all of a sudden she's so grateful that she's willing to give anything, do anything, and go anywhere. And then when that happens, the people that had her pigeonholed and pegged down like she used to be, they start seeing this, and they ain't happy. They think that she's up to something. They think that, you know, and the new ones on the scene that, that have just come in well, you just started following Jesus. I've been following Jesus for 25 years. How are you going to pray now? How are you going to pray in the church now? How are you going to sit close to the front? Well, let me tell you something. When I got saved and well-behaved, because there is a difference, amen, when I got saved and well-behaved, I couldn't stand to the back, amen? I didn't know there was no assigned seating. I just thought everybody could sit anywhere they wanted to, amen? And you come to the place where God is touching you and it becomes something that not just that you heard about, but something that you experienced. Amen. And so she goes through this idea of, of not only surviving because survival, I believe, is not the will of the kingdom, but I believe the will of the kingdom is to overcome and to thrive. Amen. I believe God wants you to be mentally and physically, bodily, and spiritually prospering in this life. Why? Because it proves that Jesus is who he said he is. Amen? When God can show up in my life. Amen? The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become... Oh, y'all read the Bible one time. Good job. Give yourselves a hand clap. All right. Verse 10. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. She went and told those who had been with him. Come on, somebody. We got a lot of good religious people been with him. Hello. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's talking to you. We got a lot of good religious people who have been with him, culturally with him. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about church culture. They know how to come and go to church. They like a good singing. They like a good worship service. They like a good hooping in the pulpit. But I don't know if, I don't want to know if you've been with him. I want to know, are you walking with him right now? Come on, somebody. Woo! She'd been with him, and she was walking with him right now. And the folks that were, uh, had only been with him didn't believe what she was saying because they weren't walking with him right now. All they had was a dead Jesus still in the grave. But let me tell you something. you got to take that dead body of Jesus, and you got to take that cold-blooded rumor and replace it with a stone that's been rolled away and a Jesus that it can walk and talk into your life right here, right now, today. Come on, somebody. So she goes on down the road, and she begins to share this with people. And then you get on to these boys down in verse 12. This resurrection rumor is now traveling, right? After that, he appeared in another form to the two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Now, this is really based upon where if you want to do some further reading this week, look in Luke 24. And you'll read the story about the road 
to Emmaus, and you'll find this guy uh, by the name of Cleophas and his uh, unnamed disciple that's with him. And these boys are walking around. They're about seven miles from Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, they're walking down the road talking about all these things, you know. But, man, you know, did you hear about, man, Jesus, man, he said he was going to do this, man. He said he was going to do all this. And man, I thought he was the one. They literally say, we thought he was the one. Cleo and them boys. Did y'all hear about Cleo and them boys? They were just out there walking, and that man started talking to them. Next thing they know, he was breaking bread with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but man, Cleo and them been acting crazy since Jesus died. They talking about he's still alive. Well, they had an experience with Jesus on that road to Emmaus. Come on, somebody. If you were walking with him, you would know that Jesus isn't what he could have done or what he can do, but what he does and what he will do today. Come on, somebody. Amen. And you go through this thing and you see that they're down the road and they're, they're traveling and they're telling folks about Jesus. And they had this encounter with him and they found him to be a good teacher. And they're talking about that to Jesus himself. They say, yeah, he was a good teacher. Yeah, he was a real good preacher that Jesus was. He was a good boy. I tell you what, well, we thought he was the one. And then we found out, you know, they killed him, too. I thought he could do I thought he could change some things politically and to our country and everything. But he wasn't able to do that there. We don't know what we're going to do. I guess we're going to have to go back to them uh, Democrats or those retardicans, or I don't know. Amen, back wall. I know, man. I'm about to go. They didn't even say nothing on that one. That was a, da- that was a dangerous one. <laughs> I, th- I, thought I, saw- I thought I heard somebody stretch for a rock on that one. Okay. But they found out that Jesus was more than a political person. Come on, somebody. They were trying to make him into something that he wasn't. They were trying to make him into, he's just a good teacher. I mean, people, people will talk, you, you could say Jesus was a good teacher. They'll even, some of them will even let you say he was a good prophet. But they won't let you call him Lord. They won't let you call him God. They won't let you say that he can change your life today. Like, I mean, literally come in the room this morning and change your life like he changed my life. Amen. Because they live off a rumor. They heard about him. And some of the folks have been telling them about him ain't doing what he told them to do in the first place. Mm. But they hoped that he was the one. And sometimes folks would be saying, I hope, this, I hope that this church was the one. But then old Pastor Vanilla Mike started preaching. And, <laughs> and when old Pastor Vanilla Mike started preaching... I started finding myself very angry on the inside. (laughs) Then Brother White Tyrone showed up and messed up the whole thing. I had hoped that this was the church uh, that I heard about. This was the one, but I found out, you know. And then some of y'all acting like you you don't know, but this is not city on a hill. Come over here and sit on down, city on a hill. This ain't city on a hill like sit on a hill and do nothing and come and just sit, sit around and watch. And that was a good music. I like that. I went there and they were swapping stuff and I didn't have to pay for nothing. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This ain't city on a hill, sit down and do nothing. This is come on and let's earn our spot in the kingdom. Amen. 
Hey! Uh, what's that, Brother Pharisee? I didn't say earn your salvation. I said earn your spot in the kingdom. Follow through on your assignment. Come on, how many know you ain't going to earn your salvation? Come on, amen. But if you want to follow Jesus, you got to keep up. And keeping up means doing his will. And doing his will is doing the things he calls you and I to do, amen. And that ain't a rumor. That's revelation, amen. I'm going to stop preaching there. But let me just go ahead and go on to verse 14. This is where we got to get it to. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat down at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And so you go to this idea of these people not believing Jesus. Then he goes into these signs that follow them. And then verse 20, I love this. And after they received Jesus, right, and received what he was saying, this resurrected Jesus, it says they went out and spread rumors everywhere. It didn't say they spread rumors everywhere. Someone say preach. And they went out and preached everywhere. They preached everywhere that the Lord, amen, then the Lord was working with them, confirming the word. Come on. How do we know rumors are just what you heard? It's just the word of what you heard. But let me tell you something. Revelation is also what you heard. Hello? You writing it, this is the beautiful thing about God. He takes a man that's crazy, and he don't even know why he's here, but he says, Tyrone, get over there and preach to them people. Then all of a sudden, a man that you barely know speaks for less than 35 minutes. You say amen, Pastor Mike. All right. Speaks for less than 30 minutes. Okay. Speaks less than 25 minutes. All right. Amen. No. Trying for 30. Amen. He speaks for just a little bit of time, and the Holy Spirit who has wrecked and ruined and changed his whole life, what I mean by wrecked and ruined is that I ain't no good for sin no more. I ain't no good for crime no more. I can't sell dope like I used to sell dope. Amen. Woo! Because what I got on the inside has changed my mind, has changed my life, has changed the way that I talk and the way that I walk. And this word that's coming out of my mouth is coming not from something I heard about. It's something I've experienced. See, I know God is a way maker because he made a way for me. I know that God is a deliverer because he delivered me. It's not a rumor today to me. It's revelation, amen? Not one sniff, not one snort, not one popping of a pill since the day that he delivered me from all them things, amen? It's not on my video screen. It's not in front of my eyes. I put those things behind me. And the God that I'm talking about, this Jesus that I'm talking about, he is a deliverer. He didn't only forgive me of my sin. He set me free from it so I don't have to live in it any longer. Someone say amen. Do you know him? Do you know the God that says he's a healer? Because otherwise it's a rumor to you. I know this God that can heal. I had a tumor on my hand and on my foot. And one day in the middle of prayer, I just began to pray. And all of a sudden, the power of God hit me. And that, that bump, that tumor, that painful thing disappeared right off my hand and off my foot. Just like that. Do you have rumors or do you have revelations? Is he the second chance giver? I'm not talking about a rumor that I've heard about. I'm talking about what I know. He's given me more than second chances. I've got a beautiful family sitting right over there.
I know I don't deserve what I'm, what I'm living with today. The goodness of the Lord in my life. I don't deserve it. But because he's been good to me, you see, I'm going to close it like this. I have had an experience. You see, I know God is a savior because I was one that needed some saving. You see, when I was born into this world, I was an orphan. My mother was a young teenager. She had alcohol and drug problems. And she left me in a hospital. Left me in a hospital. Walked out. And from the age of one minute old, I understood rejection. And I went through life with this complex of people didn't want me. People didn't. I was a mistake. I was an accident. And every family I tried to live with, I could only live with so long before they kicked me out. And see, that messes somebody up real bad. And I would reject people when they were really trying to love me, people that were sending God sent into my lives. But I was so hurt from the world and all the things that had gone on and trying to prove myself as a man or trying to prove myself as something, and I was doing nothing but dumb things and things that were wrecking my life. Trying to find anything that would fill that God-sized hole in my heart. But I couldn't find nothing. I heard about this Jesus. I heard about it from a man. <laughs> On my job. And although I didn't want nothing to do with this Jesus, and although I would, I would say things to mess him up and say things to try to trip him up and get him angry like some of y'all do, don't say amen right now because he's here. But I kept finding myself for making excuses to talk about safety in my workplace when he was a safety committee chairman. But there was something about the presence of God in his life that I didn't have in my life. And he was telling me about a man who had set him free and had changed him. And somehow I believed it was more than a rumor. And one day when I was walking in the woods by myself, I found that I could call upon that same God that he had been telling me about. And I said one simple prayer. I said, God, my life is a mess. If you can do anything with it, I give it to you now. And here I'm standing before you today as a man <laughs> that's been changed by the power of his resurrection. Amen. Now, would you pray with me this morning? Because I believe there are people in here who have believed some rumors about God that aren't true. Would you close your eyes and open your heart as I'm closing here? There's some folks in here today, the Lord was telling me as I've been praying, that people are believing some lies about God and about themselves today. Don't you die believing a lie, friend. You came in here to stay, and God brought you here to hear this message do you have a rumor about what God can do in your life? Or do you have a revelation because you know he's been good for it? He's keeping his word. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's what the word says. But is it a rumor to you? Or is it revelation? Someone in here may believe the lie that God doesn't care about you. Friend, I also believe that lie. But I, hear, I can tell you I can hear his voice as he told me that same day. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. God cares about you. You might be saying, well, I've already wasted so much of my life. I felt the same way, friend. I felt like I wasted every day of my life. Felt like I was trapped and I couldn't get out. But friend, let me tell you something. He can take all that the world has done to you, all that people have done to you, even all those rumors that they spoke about you. Some of it might be true. It was true. Some of it was true about me. Not all of it, but some of it. 
and it had made me into something. Rumor made me become something I wasn't. But God began to undo those rumors from my life, and I thought I'd wasted so much of it, but he said, no, give me what you have, and I'll make it into something greater. Friend, you didn't waste too much time. You're hearing me today. Somebody here says, well, I've already let God down. I let him down. I promised him I'd do something. I've let him down. I, I, I said I was going to do this, but I've, I've let him down. Friend, let me explain something to you. God is so big. You were never holding him up in the first place. You could never let him down. He's standing on his own. And he's not just standing there. He's reaching out to you today. And he said, I see your pain. I want to take the pain away from you. I want to change your life. Don't think of me as a rumor. I'm real. I'm really alive, and I want to change your life. And you're not letting me down. Uh, just let me in. Let me in your life. Let me in your heart. Let me come in and change some things. I know you may not understand, but just let me in. Maybe you say, well, I can't change. I've been this way my whole life, friend. I was there. I was walking in your shoes. I couldn't change. I couldn't stop doing the things I was doing. I wanted to stop. I know you want to stop, but friend, you can't do it without God. You cannot do it without his delivering power. And the good news is that he ain't holding it back from you. You just have to willingly open up and accept it and walk in it, and we'll walk with you. And last, as I'm closing this morning, you may say, well, he doesn't love me, my friend. My, my Bible that I've been talking about... And it has proven itself to be true over and over again. It doesn't say he doesn't love you. In fact, it says that God is love. And God so loved you and so loved this world that he sent his own son, Jesus, to come and live as an example. And not only that, being a good teacher, a good preacher, a miracle worker, but he's laid down his life. Why did he have to do that? Because my sin and your sin separates us from God. And you're here this morning and there's things, the guilt on your conscience, the things you've done with your life, just like I had done with my life, separating you from God. Your eyes are closed. Your heart is wide open. I want to ask you today, you say, Brother Glenn, I've, I've got to get Jesus in my life like I haven't had him before. I want to return to him or I want to give him an opportunity to change my life. And I believe I want to believe, but the Lord's going to help me today to make it not a rumor anymore that this God that y'all are talking about, he actually does love me. If that's you this morning, can I just see your hand? I want to know who I'm going to pray with. Thank you. So many hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? You can put down your hand. I want to ask the second question. If you're here today and you say, Brother Glenn, I've been serving God, but you know, I don't know if he can do all the things I'm reading about in this Bible for what you're talking about. I don't know him as a healer, but I need him as a healer. I don't know him as a way maker, but I need him to be a way maker. I need favor. I need Jehovah Jireh to provide something for me today. I need a victory. I need Jehovah Nisi to come in this room. If that's you today, I, I need Jehovah Rapha. I need a healing in my body. Like you didn't know. I didn't know what he could heal, but I believed he could heal. I, I, but it was a rumor. He healed me that day. Friend, if that's you, you say, I need to move from rumor to revelation this morning. Lift your hand. I want to know who I'm praying with. Now, as your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, let me pray as we're dismissing this morning. Father, we come to you. We come just like Mary Magdalene, just like Cleo and his friend on the road to Emmaus. We come to you this morning, God, expecting 
We don't know a hundred percent, but we believe it's true. But Lord, take us from a rumor into truth, into revelation today, Lord. Touch somebody's marriage, touch somebody's family, touch somebody's life in here this morning. And I ask you, Lord, to set them free from rumors. Rumors. Well, friend, just put your hand on your heart right there in the comfort of your seat. Father, I pray for the one who's given their life to you right now. Friend, would you just pledge your life? Would you pray with me? Say, Father God, I come to you now. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to move me from what separates me from you. And I ask you, Lord, to save me. Be my Savior. Save me, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, to set me free today. Deliver me, Lord. Lord, I ask you to move me from rumor to revelation. Show me how good you are. They say you're good all the time, and Lord, I believe that, but help me to know that you're well able and capable of bringing peace into my life. And I ask you to do all these things for your glory, and I'm looking for you to do it right now, even on through this week, Lord. And I believe it, that all things, say that with me, all things are possible to them that believe in Jesus' name. Now, would you make that real between you and God as we're dismissing? Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, God. Thank you, Lord. And the church said amen. Now, I heard.